talk before we get a lot of, you know, warming up the engines before getting up here. Okay. Feeling in a weird mood. I was just out there trying to look at my notes to put a good show on for you guys, and this gal came up to me, and she was, remember me? You yelled at me last week. <laughs> That's not something you say to somebody right before they do their job, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, I'm, I wasn't here last week. Well, then it was the other week. <laughs> Great. Thank you for coming back. Apparently I'm not the biggest cunt in the world. I'm like a delightfully Kenyal. Cool. Just like now I feel it. We all feel this. I'll stop. Uh, this is being recorded. So if you want to laugh, just out loud whenever. That's fine. Doesn't have to be at me or with me. But just if you're feeling empowered to laugh, do it. Yeah. Open oh, this is consent language. Just, just do it. Didn't work. Got it. Note. Note taken. Man, I'm excited to be back here. Ugh. I am um, aging, and I'm trying to shed this garbage person persona that I've built up for myself. And Because, uh, you know, I need to change the script a little bit. Don't get me wrong, it used to pay the bills, it used to be cute, you know? There was nothing more content-worthy than just, like, blacking out, waking up next to a stranger, and then, like, holding hands on your way to, like, Walgreens, you know, while you're buying Plan B. It was cute! It was adorable! <laughs> just Instagramming the fuck out of it. But now, I'm in my 30s, I can't be doing that shit anymore, you know? And what scared me was I recently saw a candid picture of my backside. <laughs> Where's the time gone? <laughs> so alarming. Have you ever seen an unprompted ass pic of yourself? It puts so many things into perspective. I had a panic attack onset immediately. But because only because... I refuse to let this earthquake eat me while I have a flat mom butt, you know, like a flamut. No. Or a flat mom ass, a flamass, if you will. I'm over it. But I guess it's just, it's on me. It's my fault because I just eat blocks of cheese like apples. It's mostly me. I don't know if it is me or the energy in this room, but this is terrifying up here right now. This does not feel good. This does not feel good. Sorry, comics. I'm trying. I'll try harder for you, everyone else in the lineup, but fuck, this is hard right now. <laughs> Full disclosure. Breaking that fourth wall. 
If you've been to the show before, you know that this is just my diary unfolding on stage. And if you haven't been to the show before, you're like, why is she up there? If you build an empire, you get to do whatever the fuck you want. Thank you. <laughs> Which is why I wore this shirt today. I'm on a lot of plan B. So I just put this on. It really messes with you. Sorry to lay this TED talk on you, but ladies, you're exactly the fuck I'm talking about. This has been a whole week of this. It should only be four days. Did I kill a baby? Probably. We have to admit this from the recording, Randall. This is... I'm just saying, gentlemen, if you have to, if, if, a, if you sleep with a woman and, and you decide together or she decides and you find out that someone's taking a plan B, fucking buy her something. Call her. Check in with her. So, oh God. <laughs> Who cares? I had to have my sister buy it for me. It was the second time in a row. I'm like, I'm getting on a plane. I can't get to the store on time. It doesn't open. You go do it. And she lives in Wisconsin, so she has to go to Wisconsin, like a Wisconsin type. If you guys ever buy plane B in Wisconsin, they make you show an ID. You don't have to show an ID to get a gun there, but you have to show an ID to make a pill to make you feel like garbage. Backwards. But I guess in their defense, they're like, well, no, you need to birth the human that can buy more guns. So we're not giving you that pill. So stupid. I want to write inspirational quotes that go into Plan B packaging. Just so when you take it, you feel a treasure with you. You know? I wrote some. <laughs> this is not at all what this set is supposed to be. That's fine. We made this bed, we're lying in it. <laughs> Clothed, unfortunately. Wouldn't that be great if it was just a naked comedy show? Like you had to sit in these chairs, butt ass naked. Would you do it for an hour? Yes. Cool. It's like a weird form of foreplay, like two people just sitting at opposite ends suction to chairs for an hour and then they get to go and fuck like that's pretty much what all comedy shows are <laughs> that's funny um who cares where are we going with this oh i'll just tell you my one favorite that i wrote it's actually just my take on a maya angelou quote that says i know god will not give me anything i cannot handle i just wish he didn't trust me so much Oh, wait, that's not at all the quote. Oh, fuck! That's the Mother Teresa quote. Okay. Uh, why am I here? Okay. <laughs> it's worth it, though, because I'm finally sleeping with... I'm finally sleeping with someone I like. <laughs> like, that worked out. Right? Hate fucking is a lot more fun, but that's fine. You can like somebody. And do that. But, um... <laughs> It's fun being in like with someone because then you get that task of just building emotional walls. <laughs> you know, just preparing for the day that he'll leave you. I'm getting real nuts about it too, you know, like I'm, I'm all in, I'm all in with this. And so if he doesn't text me back in five minutes, I'm just like internally pushing the panic button, you know, 
Like, I'm just like, get the cans of tuna ready. Cue Solange. She's out. Like, I'm ready for self-care. I'm just saying, if you ever see me walking around in full camo gear, carrying Rubbermaid bins, just know that those bins are full of whiskey and my heart is broken. Getting real military with this. Um, <laughs> I had a realization that the reason that um, I don't like the dudes I've been sleeping with before because they're just the type of dudes that just graduated from wearing a puka shell necklace. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, for a majority of their life, they wore a puka shell necklace. And then one day, they had that revelation and just, like... just took it off and the world changed for them you know that's a beautiful moment the puka graduation shell necklace moment fuck if I could be a fly in the wall oh you don't need it take it off and then I think I date the guy like the next day not enough time you gotta let that dick breathe a little bit after the puka shell necklace comes off has to learn a few more things. I'm not going to be its teacher. Again, that was my journal entry this morning, so... <laughs> Welcome to that. I have to leave. Um, I'll leave with two more things. It's my show. Who cares? <laughs> I... <laughs> no, nothing's gone to my head. This is how I act all the time, if you're wondering. <laughs> um... It is interesting when you meet an ex of yours that have, that's had a child that's gone to fruition. That's an interesting feeling, you know. That's worth something, you pieces of shit. <laughs> Laugh a little bit. God. <laughs> I understand. Okay, it's important when I'm just going to give a TED Talk on public speaking. doesn't matter. Who cares? Um, the, it's, it's interesting when you meet an ex who has a child that's actually come to fruition with somebody, you know? It's exciting for them, it's exciting for me, because I get to walk up to that kid and just look it straight in its face and go, I've eaten 10,000 of your brothers and sisters. <laughs> and just stare at it until it cries and walks away, like, getting thick skin from a young age. <laughs> I just don't want to bring a kid into the world, I think, because it's too, it's too scary. It's too scary of a spot right now, and has been forever, pretty much. But I recently fell in love with humanity, and I'll share that story with you, because you seem like you love stories right now. <laughs> I, anyone fuck with the 72 bus? Yeah. Right? Yeah, 72 bus. Pretty much the only bus that runs the entire circumference of Portland picks up a lot of different people, and you can catch it all of the time, kind of like Stitz. And so they... But this was a particular day where it was so dark and rainy and cold and, like, almost snowing, and everyone was just, like, wanted to get home. You know, like, the city shut down, and it was the only bus running. Everyone's just like... Ugh. Except for this one dude up front, just wiling out, just throwing bows left and right. At one time, he looks out the window and he just goes, fuck you, Mark! Just keeps going. <laughs> keeps going hard in the paint. But the bus was in motion. You know, there wasn't a Mark outside. There wasn't even a Mark on the bus because he wasn't like, nah, fuck you, Jerry. Like, nothing happened. Just going hard in the paint. 
And then a, a gentleman sitting across from us takes the reins for the group, you know, and he goes, sir, will you please calm down? We're just trying to get home. Here's where the self-proclaimed crackhead does not calm down because the self-proclaimed crackhead reaches in his pocket and says, yeah, well, would a crackhead have this? And everyone on the bus kind of like, <gasps> like audibly grasps, you know, because you don't know what a crackhead has in his pocket. Snakes, pudding, we don't fucking know. <laughs> it's just right there, you know? And everyone's like, oh, like, like the kind of gasp you do when you're on a first date with someone that's going super well, but then they stand up and you notice they're wearing Skechers and you're like, oh. <laughs> like that kind of gasp. <laughs> but he's right there and I see he's reaching for a chain wallet. I was like, what'd you rob a Spencer Gifts? What are you doing? <laughs> he was right there and he pulls out his chain wallet and he shows everyone his bus pass and he's like, I'm certified, I'm certified. Fuck you, Mark, just keeps going. <laughs> back to it not skipping a beat it's uncomfortable and again the gentleman takes the reins for the group and he goes sir congratulations will you please just take it down a notch we are just trying to get home here's where the self-proclaimed crackhead says the scariest thing i've ever heard one human being say to another human being he says i will not calm he puts his chain wallet back in he goes i will not calm down right now because I would love for a black man to shoot me right now. What? <laughs> click, 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 click. Now we're all on this emotional roller coaster that none of us fucking signed up to be on. And right at the height of it, I hear this woman without skipping a beat. She goes, white boy, take one step closer. And I was like, oh, thank God. Oh, a woman's in charge. Woo. Oh, God, I can breathe easy. So I have to look over to see my new hero. And as I look over, this lady's locking eyes with this dude, opens her jacket, baby girl's packing. I'm like, a woman with a gun? Yes! Like, I've never been more excited. You're half on board, hear me out. I have never wanted another human being to shoot another human being more than I did in that exact moment. Because I guarantee you, that woman would have shot that self-proclaimed crackhead, right? Every single person on that bus, every single person, no matter race, no matter gender, no matter sketchers, every single person would have been like, officer, I didn't see anything. And that's the definition of community, you know? Like, that's an America that I want to live in. Talk to cops. Okay, that was a fun journey. You guys ready to continue with this show? Hell yes. We have an amazing lineup. So excited. Uh, this first comic coming to the stage is, uh, was in the Portland's Funniest Person Finals at Helium Comedy Club. So he's here for you right now. Give a round of applause for the very hilarious Brian Bigsby. Thank you. Hello. Hello. I'm here representing a white trash. Anybody? <laughs> Anybody realize this? I look like I have a sister wife that I call my inheritance. That's... Right on, yeah. I'm fat. Yeah, in your face. Skinny fucks. I'm a fat, big-titted guy, and I love it. It's great. I get signs, though, sometimes that I'm too fat. Right? Like, here's one. Like, uh, like getting on a crowded bus... Right? It's the worst. Because it's always so awkward when your hanging gut just like knocks a baby out of somebody's hand. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just 
Boing, boing, Seems obesity is killing children. I didn't know. I had no idea. Here's another one. Uh, a few nights ago, I was having sex. Uh, you gotta believe the premise. Uh, you gotta <laughs> come along with me on this journey. Okay, so I'm having sex, right? And uh, I, had to, I had to fake an orgasm because I was just pooped. I was tired, like I was, I was breathing like And then I just made a face and then I got to stop. Like, you know how, I wish I knew that in high school gym class. Like, uh, if I just pretend to come right now, I can stop running laps. <laughs> It's sure. It is the worst. I, uh, I'm not healthy, uh, and I just ignore my health. Like, I get these random chest pains, and I'm like, oh, God, I hope that's a wedge nacho. I hope that's a chip. I better drink some of this cheese and wash it down. Maybe that'll help. I don't know. Very unhealthy. I blame it on my dad. I was raised by my dad. And he would say things to me like, Brian, let me tell you, I know what people say, but you don't listen to them. You don't listen at all. Pizza has all the food groups, okay? It's fine. Just look at a slice. It looks like the pyramid. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? That's when I shake my tits in his face. Like, well, you could motorboat your son. That might be wrong. I don't know. Maybe. Pizza for breakfast? No. Uh... I've had tits for a very long time. I've had tits longer than most women my age. I have. I got them early. I was nine years old when I first grew tits. Nine. It was nine. And I imagine that it's very awkward for a young girl when she first starts to develop breasts. But imagine what that's like for a little boy. <laughs> like, I had this new titty random boner combo happening. And usually I got the boner from rubbing my own tits. It's, it's really one benefit of carrying these around. Hey, I got a nice rack. What can I say? I like it. I'll be in the shower like, I'm going to suds these puppies up real good. Sudsing up the girls. Yeah. That's what I do. It is, uh, I, I have a lot of bad habits. That's the thing. I drink a lot. I drink a lot of beer. And I've been told that every can of beer contains the equivalent of one pork chop in calories. But I've never eaten nine pork chops and felt like, ooh, now I can talk to women all of a sudden. Like, that's never, it's never like, oh, he ate a whole rack of ribs and won't stop dancing now. Like, he's singing karaoke. No. I just get the meat sweats and have to lay down. That's all. That's all that's ever happened. I, am, uh, I have a hard time dating or anything like that. Like, I just don't have confidence. I have no confidence. Like, I've always been really concerned that I might look a little rapey. Like, maybe, just to me, just to me. And it's something I would never do. But you can't really open with that. Like, you can't, you can't just, oh, hi, um, I'm not gonna rape you. Uh, it's... Now drink this. How do you do that? You can't do it. You try. I don't know, man. I, 
I'm just, I like, I get weird with women. Not like creepy, just awkward. Like, like I was in a strip club, right? Great place to measure how you are with women, a strip club. Really good. And like, I'm watching the dancers and like, I'm trying to be cool, laid back, just smiling like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, your tits, real nice. Yeah, very good. But then I caught myself in a mirror and I was just grinning like a fucking maniac. Like, yeah. And I was like, ew. Is that what I look like when I'm having fun? Ew. <laughs> Seeing myself enjoying myself ruined my night. It was terrible. <laughs> it was awful. I have friends, though, who, like, they, get, they use Tinder, and they get laid with Tinder. And I don't get that. I can't do that. Like, how do you get laid with a phone app? I can't get laid with a Corvette and a bag of ecstasy. Like, what am I... <laughs> doing wrong I have all this stuff <laughs> most of my relationships are open relationships so open that we only see other people <laughs> that's what do we do because I believe I believe I've I've been in love enough and I've been heartbroken enough to know this it's one thing you should only love someone you have very limited interactions with. You shouldn't know them at all. The number one cause of all breakups is getting to know each other. It's terrible. I keep things interesting, keep learning, but at a slow pace. I wanna be six months in going, oh wow, I didn't know your name was Rachel. That's incredible. That's cool. I like eating pussy. Uh, that's, yeah. Because I've never been insecure about the size of my tongue. I feel good about it, okay? I feel all right. I'm good at it, too, because I'm devoted. If eating pussy was farming, I'm up at 4 a.m. hoeing the fields, right? Like, I'm... I eat pussy like I'm hunting for truffles. I'm very good. This one girl that... Uh, so I, I was eating this girl out, right? Uh, that's a big graphic. Uh... I was going down. Promoting equality. How's that? Is that good? I was promoting equality, and she was trying to be sexy. She was trying to talk dirty, and she said to me, she said, what does it taste like? Ugh, what does it taste, you psychopath? You want a flavor profile at a time like this? I, I didn't cleanse my palate. I don't know how accurate it's going to be. I tried to be nice. I'm like, wow, who made this pussy? Gordon Ramsay? This is incredible. It's amazing. Oh, you want the truth? What does it taste like? It tastes like you peed recently. That's what it tastes like. Hey, I'm Brian Bixby. Thanks a lot, everybody. Brian Bixby, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not even going to hate on that because the visual alone of Brian Bigsby. My favorite part about him telling those jokes is when he breathes loudly into the microphone. I'm just saying pussy. <laughs> One more time for Brian Bigsby. What a delight. <laughs> oh, man. Continuing this rock block show, your next comic coming to stage. Uh, such a treat, such a staple in the community. Also, finalist in Portland's Funniest Person, and is one of the founders of the literally the best show in town. Let's stand up, packs out, sells out. 
Go check that out. Siren Theater. Here for you right now. Give a round of applause for my dear friend, Christian Koopenbender. I don't know how to follow that. <laughs> Just thinking about how many times I've tasted like pee. <laughs> she always said orange juice. You know what I mean? Now I know the truth. Um, yeah, I didn't think I'm gonna go home, take a shower. Um, I just saw Blade Runner. Uh, fuck Blade Runner. <laughs> fuck that movie. I went, I went with my sister, I was trying to do the family, you know, hangout time thing, trying to relax. And um, we were there for like 20 minutes movie was going, I went to the bathroom maybe for two full minutes, uh, and I came back and I never figured out what was going on ever again. <laughs> never again! And I was like watching, and, and there's like robots, but they have feelings, and I was like, was he crying? Is he in a robot? She's like, shh! And I was like, what is that? Wait, are they, are those holograms? Is that a holograph? Can you have sex with a holograph? She's like, shut up! And I was like, what's going on? What's, is that Han Solo? She's like, shut the fuck up! Shut up! I'll tell you after the movie's over. It's like, it's seven hours long. Like, it's just so upsetting. I don't go to the movies to be smart, you know what I mean? I just want to, like, eat popcorn and try to chill out. And I just, I don't, why, like, I didn't bring, like, a notepad or write. I just, like, what the fuck? I just had to pee. I'm sorry. I'm thirsty. And then I have to, and, like, when I was younger, you know, there was a different kind of thing with sci-fi movies. It was, like really clear what was happening, like the Matrix. You're totally never confused. They're like, he's the one! The whole fucking time, like you could go to the bathroom like 25 times, you come back and you're like, he's the one, you're the one. You're like, okay, okay. You could just like skip out and hang out in the lobby and just be like, oh, those are cool decorations. Come back and they're like, he's the one, watch this a bullet, what? It's like, really cool, I get it. And I need that, you know? They're like, it's a computer. See, we plug them in our head. Like, nothing, I've never been confused um, by that film. I've only been confused of current films. I just, they get harder to understand. Like, take me back to Castaway, you know? Take me back, just like a plane crash, a survivor, and a volleyball. I get it. Totally get it. He loves that ball. That's cool. And then I can just go home. I don't have to think. I don't want it. Anyway, just don't try to have some family fun. Um, yeah, I get a little stressed out. I'm kind of a high-strung person. Anybody else? Anybody here alive and breathing? Yeah. Do people that love you tell you to, like, meditate? Just, like... <laughs> to fuck, sit down and just like cross your legs and close your eyes and trap yourself inside with all your thoughts. <laughs> Never do it. It's not safe. I don't know. Why are they? That's not helpful, you know? I've tried it because I'm like, I'm always trying, like I tried to do yoga. Those people, were sh have you guys been it's so smelly, first of all? And secondly, like those people don't know martial arts from shit. They're in there, they have this one called uh, uh, Warrior Pose. Have you seen it? It's like. <laughs> and like, you would fucking get fucked up in a fight if you did that. <laughs> they don't know anything. They don't know what they're doing in there. Anyway. 
I'm gonna quit my job. That's cool. Like, you guys, you don't even know where I work. It's so funny. You're like, get out of there! Thank you. Um, actually, I work from home, so I'm gonna, like, I have to move out. I think. Um, well, that's gonna work. Um, no, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to leave the the grip of my family's business. Uh, I'm okay, don't worry. Um, it's just, uh, I've been like computing for five years and I don't have a soul anymore and um, I just, I want to change. <laughs> I forgot I was at my comedy show. Okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry, it was intense. Um, also, don't let people, like, there are a lot of businesses out there that are like family owned and up or family, like, fa- they're just like, these are people who could not figure out what to do with their lives, okay? <laughs> We just get pulled in there because you you had a weak moment. And they're like, you're part of the team now, Coop. And you're like, I just want to have a soul. I want to talk to my friends. And they're like, you're never leaving. It's a family. Oh. So sick of my sister. Jesus Christ. Okay. I was just telling my friend out there. I was like, I'm, gonna, I'm looking for work. I'm so excited. And, um, and the thing that took me the longest, it's not like... I can be fired. It's, I just had to tell my sister I'm done. I'm done. I'm out of here. Um, thank you. Um, but it's cool. I've been going on a lot of auditions. I mean, uh, interviews. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, I meant interviews. I really did. Um, it's like an emotional audition. But um, I'm kind of nailing them. I know I'm not nailing this moment with you guys. Um, but get me in an interview situation, and I will kill it. And I figured it out. Um, I'm, I'm kind of good at the talk. I can, like, have a regular conversation. But I have developed this habit when I'm anywhere near furniture. I just usually wind up leaning on it. <laughs> and it's a total accident. But I was, in, I was, like, the first one, and I was talking to this guy. And he's like, so have you ever, like, worked on, done work on computers? And I was like, I've done a lot of work on computers. <laughs> And he shifted. Something changed. And he was like, oh, um, like, are you, do you study computers? And I was like, no, I just spend the whole day on them. <laughs> and I just kept seeing something. Sh- it was like this weird status shift. And I was like, oh, it's my fucking hand. <laughs> what? Yes, I'm very nice to work with. And he was like, yeah, it seems like you're really fun. And I would definitely recommend you for the position if you could please leave now. <laughs> And I've been doing this in room after room. You guys, just whatever, if it's a, it doesn't matter if it's a couch or a table, just like, people often like me. (laughs) I have like five offers right now. And it's just because I'm lazy. I'm just like, I can't stand on my body for like too long. (laughs) It is, actually, it's like, I have uh, talked about this publicly, but I do uh, often put puzzles together at night. I'm just a total creep. Just go home. I do it like every night. It's a weird, it's the only way to chill out because obviously yoga is fucked. Um, but I'll just go home and go in the basement and just like, you know, put little pieces of cardboard back together. It's super classy. But I just, from doing that for years of just like looking for like the last part of the unicorn tail or whatever the fuck, it's just a thing. So you can have it. You guys don't have to do puzzle work. You can just like go into your interviews and be like, I'm here for the job. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, somebody's welcoming and somebody's thanking. I don't know which one it is. And someone's clapping. Okay, another thing. Here's something. Well, I was just going to tell you a little bit more about me, which is that um, I have been considering doing restaurant work again because I fucking love it. Um, 
I waited tables for like 15 years, very good at it. Um, it's just fun, you know, you're just like, it's like a delicate balance and all these like conversations and remembering things and walking away a lot. Um, <laughs> I love, it's my favorite, it's just like, I can go. Um, but the, my favorite, favorite thing of restaurants is that I, at least seven times a day, someone would be like, you know who you remind me of? It was always Ellen, always Ellen. Uh, every time. And I love Ellen. I'm just like, you do great work. Um, but it's not like a thing, like, it's not because I'm just so funny like Ellen. It's because I'm fucking gay. Um, I'm just so gay. And sometimes people just need to say so. They're just like, she's, tell her, tell her she's gay. We can, we can see it. We can see that you're gay. He noticed right away. It took me a minute, but it's just, you look like Ellen. You look like Ellen. so fun I miss that you know you don't get that in the world people just like on the elevator they're like I totally am cool with your condition it's totally cool get me a drink of water uh, anyway I will say I'm probably not gonna do it because the only problem with restaurant work is that you can't make people leave like they can just sit there forever you can just be like here's your bill here's more water here's some people that want this table just leave the room just go you know, you work, you work jobs. It's really insane. You, there's no amount of just like anger and frustration. And um, my very last day waiting tables, I had this customer, Mr. Fucking Peterson, fucking doesn't even own the place. But anyway, he was sitting there. It was one of those things. It was brunch, brunch, and uh, just makes me nervous talking about. It. Place is loaded, Mr. Fucking Peterson. They had finished like 20 minutes earlier, and I was like, uh, "Can I get you?" They had the bill. I was like, "Can I bring you dessert? Can you, can you want something, or, something or go, uh, anything?" <laughs> and he's like, "If I have any more food, you're gonna have to roll me out of here." <laughs> I was like, "Yep, okay, okay." And then I went away. I came back and I was like, "Do you want some water? Do you, can I get anything to move your body?" And he was like. <laughs> I drink any more water I'm gonna float out of here and I was like Mr. Peterson that is not how buoyancy works buoyancy is a displacement of water Mr. Peterson and I need you to leave right now and he did leave I hate my mom's boyfriend um she's now Mrs. Peterson okay that's my time it's been really fun I love you guys I'll see you later Show's so good. Everyone just gets to be like, okay, here's the thing about me, and I just want to let you know. And it feels so great. We're bonding. Round of applause for you guys. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm high on an edible, so I'm probably going to talk in between sets that I normally don't, but here we are. Thank you, my biggest fan. Um, and <laughs> Coop said something that reminds about job interviews, right? Who graduated with, uh, in the year two, graduated college in 2009? Oh my God, are you all tiny humans? Oh, okay, well then never mind. You're not gonna really, his, round of applause, you've ever had to like send a resume and then it was absolutely protocol to follow up with a phone call about that resume. Oh, okay, we're not lost on the youth. <laughs> 
now you're just like sending an Instagram. I got a job off of Instagram once. That's uh, this. Who are? What are we living in? Now I'm already into this. I want to stop talking, but I started, so I'm gonna keep going. The one time I was doing that. I was, 2009, worst economy ever. You send out resumes all the fucking time, right? And I was sending them out and just, it was months and months and months. So I would also make myself just a Jack Daniels on the rocks at noon because I thought that that was like, I work from home, you know? Like, no, I don't know. And so I sent an an email and and then a phone call and the lady answers. They never answer. She answers. I'm like, I'm just like, whatever, drinking whiskey and like 22, just like clipping toenails, like not giving a fuck about just, I'm going to leave this voicemail. Person. Whoa, hi. Anyways, we start talking. And in the middle of this thing, I don't know what I'm saying, much like I don't know. And in the middle of talking, she goes, I'm sorry, verbatim. She goes, I'm sorry, did you say you were college educated? And exactly, fuck you, exactly. So I popped back and I was like, yes, as previously discussed, I have a communications degree from the University of Minnesota. And then she said, oh, well, something you said made me think that you weren't. I just hung up on her and then called my mom crying and drank all the rest of the Jack. Okay, cool. That was it. Not worth it. You're right. Okay, and your next comic. Are you guys ready for your next comic? Thank you. Uh, This next human being coming to the stage. um, Yes, such a fresh face around town and such a friend of the show, and you're going to love him. Give a round. No, not you. That's, no, it is you, and I'm wrong with the intro. I'm going to keep this intro. Your next comic, fresh face around town. Crushing it, you know, uh, one of, a friend of the show, one of the very few first times he's been on the stage. (laughs) Give a round of applause for the sweet baby boy, Dan Weber! (laughs) Jesus Christ. I don't think anyone has ever said this face was fresh. That is not how it's normally described. Uh, Usually something like Hot Topic Jesus is what people say. Not. Fresh face, never been on this stage before. It's the first time, everybody. Recently turned 47 years old. No, fucking no. No, that is not. I didn't want to. I tried so hard not to turn 47. Do you have any idea what work I put in? It turns out, when they say drugs will kill you, that's not a promise. That's just one possibility out of many. Another one is this, right here, right? And they just said drugs, too. They didn't say which fucking drugs. So I just did my favorites. Mushrooms and acid. I did a fuck ton of that. And didn't die. Just got real fucking weird, you know? I did kill one part of myself, though. I killed one part of my brain. 
It's the part of my brain that tells me when a memory happened. Right? So either something is happening in the future, it is happening right fucking now, or it happened at some time in the past, and I have no idea when. The only way that I know whether or not a memory is a childhood memory or an adult memory is how tall my parents are compared to me in the memory. If my parents are taller than me, probably a childhood memory, or I was sitting down. I don't know which. So I did, I burned out a part of my brain using LSD because I've done more acid than you've probably done ibuprofen. Like that's, and you do that much acid guys and you see some weird shit. I've seen a lot of things that I like to call acid ghosts. And these are people that come out of nowhere, say something batshit insane to you and then disappear out of your life forever, leaving you to puzzle over what just happened for the rest of your life. I was at a show for a band named Leftover Salmon, who are, are absolutely as good as that sounds. And I'm not enjoying myself, so I'm standing in the corner just trying to chill out. And this guy comes walking up. He's wearing all black, a turtleneck, horn rim glasses, bald, walks straight up to my girlfriend and I and says, my name is Houdini and no one can see me. And then ran back into the crowd. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Dan, that was a hallucination. There's no fucking way that's Harry Houdini. <laughs> Fuck you, you live in a small goddamn world. Because in my world, Harry Houdini faked his death in 1942, went underground for 50 years only to surface at the Wow Hall in Eugene, Oregon to blow the minds of two kids high on LSD. Harry Houdini's a fucking hero. Another time, I was at the grocery store. By the way, if you're on acid, don't fucking do that. <laughs> grocery stores are extremely well lit. And you do not need to know how many types of wax paper we've made as a species while you're trying to merge your consciousness with the rest of the universe. That's not what you want. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking at the fish because I fucking hate myself. And this guy comes walking up to me and whispers in my ear from behind, that fish looked like it died hard. And then left. Right? And I was just sitting there staring at its one wall eye and I could see the pain. I was like, oh my God, he's right. The weirdest thing that anyone has ever done to me while I was on acid. I was walking down the street, this guy came stumbling out of an alleyway, ran up, grabbed me by the front of the shirt, and just said, I'm the king of the world! And at the time, I was like, you're fired. Like, you suck at your job. But I didn't believe him at the time. I'm like, no fucking way, right? If it had been a guy in a pinstripe suit carrying a briefcase, now, I'd be like, nah. But if it's a hobo drunk on Listerine, <laughs> checks out, guys. The only way the world makes sense is if somebody running it's drunk on wood alcohol. That's it. 
You know how I know? Because I met a man who is the manager of a weed dispensary who is also a Trump supporter, and I want to know, when did drugs stop working? <laughs> Remember how you used to get high and then just immediately became part of the counterculture, right? This motherfucker's done so many dabs, he just voted for the orange one. No idea what he was doing. When I asked him, I said, like, dude, why the fuck did you vote for Trump? He's like, man, just wanted to shake up the system. I'm like, you know, yeah, I get it. Voting for Trump to shake up the system is like lighting yourself on fire if you're chilly. Yeah, it's probably gonna work. But you're definitely gonna die. You know what I mean? Like it's not a good idea. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Fuck that guy. So I'm a pretty nerdy guy, in case you don't have eyes and can't see. Like, that's a thing. Pretty nerdy guy, but I don't like nerds very much. I fucking... Bunch of humorless dicks. I don't like... Nerd... I... Look, I hate nerds so much that I want to give a pair of brass knuckles that just say, well, actually, on them. You know what I mean? I hate them. They get mad about shit that doesn't fucking matter. Like a while back, I don't know if any of you are aware of this, but the great Doctor Who riots of 2017. If you're not familiar with Doctor Who, it's about a space alien that travels time in a, in a police box, and whenever he dies, he comes back as somebody else. And they decided this time, the doctor is going to return as a woman and nerds collectively lost their fucking minds. They're like, that space alien with two livers and four hearts can't possibly come back with a vagina. The fuck is wrong with you? Its name is the doctor, not the mister, idiot. It's not a gendered alien. It can wear suspenders and a bra if it fucking wants to. Fuck you. Well, actually, you dick. <laughs> and here's the thing, like, I, I do have the same thing a lot of nerds have. I've got a problem with nerd rage. I get mad about shit that doesn't fucking matter, like, all the time. I don't know, how many of you have seen the show Stranger Things? Right? Great show! Loved that show. I almost turned it off in the first five minutes because they were playing D&D &D and they were playing D&D &D wrong and I got so fucking mad, I couldn't stand it. At one point in the very beginning, there's a demon and the idiot kid throws a fireball at the demon and it kills the demon. And I was like, that's not how demons work. I was so mad. That fucking demon's immune to fire. By the way, you don't roll a two hit to fireball. Fuck you, kid! And I almost turned it off. And then I was like, dude, slow your roll. It's not that big a fucking deal. Just chill out. And then they named the main monster the Demogorgon, and I almost lost my fucking mind. Because the Demogorgon is a 90-foot demon god who's immune to nearly everything, up to and including the baseball bat they beat that dumb monster with. And I almost threw my laptop through the wall. I was like, fucking no! 
no! And then I was like, dude, relax. And then they called the monster in Caesar 2 the Mind Flayer, and I fucking lost it. I could not. No! Occasionally, uh, I, it comes out in very inappropriate times. Like, normally this is by myself. Nobody sees me scream. But uh, I've been riding the bus a lot because I'm fucking killing it at life right now. And for years, I had seen these two kids get on the bus. It was this teenage girl and then this dude. And I could smell the D&D on this dude from a mile away. Like, there is no way this motherfucker doesn't roll dice for pleasure, for sure. And he wanted to talk to this girl so goddamn bad for years. And I'd watched this happen. He never spoke to her once. He would stare at her creepily and oddly, but he never spoke to her. Now, one day, she sat down on the seat. When she sat down, her purse whipped around and hit the seat next to her, and I could see in his eyes, this is my fucking chance. I could make this happen right fucking now. And he leaned over the seat and he said, hey, your seat hit like, hit, <laughs> your purse hit that seat like a mace. Right? And I was like, you, I leaned over the seat and I was like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> that was clearly a flail. Get your shit straight. A mace is a shitty weapon. 1d6 damage. Fucking garbage. A flail, 1d8 plus 1 versus shields. That's a dope goddamn weapon. If you're going to try to get laid using your knowledge of D&D weaponry, at least get that shit fucking right. And then the lady said, you know, he's right. You suck. And then that was it. I watched an MRA get born right in front of my eyes, everybody. If you're not familiar with what an MRA is, congratulations, you win the internet. Thank you, everybody. Bye. You sound like an idiot when you do that. Um. Oh, you sound really <laughs> smart now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Adam Posse. I'm Alex Rios. And we want you to listen to our new podcast called Chumba and Wamba. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I hate the name still. Uh, in spite of the fact that it's the dumbest name podcast in the world and it's not all at all about the 90s band. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's me and Rios, two Portland comedians, two very close friends. Uh, giving each other shit, mostly, talking about the week that we've had and maybe the week to come and just whatever we feel like, and it's a good time. We hope you check it out. Now, please get back. We'll be on the River City Podcast Federation.com network. Get back to whichever one of those podcasts from that fantastic network you are listening to. Hopefully, it's not Room of Retirement because Caitlin Weyerhaeuser is a poop butt. Thank you. Hey everybody, Randall Lawrence here real quick to let you know that this episode of Control Yourself is going to be brought to you by Vonami Please, which is the best goddamn record of the month club every month. Vonami Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection and sends it to thousands of members worldwide. A lot of different artists that are featured at the Control Yourself Doors show, which is basically just me playing music for the crowd, have been on Vinyl Me Please. All of them, in fact. Too many to name. It's excellent. They send you an awesome vinyl to your 
door every single month. It has a paired cocktail recipe that goes with it. Awesome liner notes. It's one of the con- one of a kind. You can't get it during record store day. You can't get it at a record store in general. It's only for members of Vinyl Me Please. And if you go to joinvmp, as in vinylmeplease.com, joinvmp.com forward slash control, you're going to get to be on Vinyl Me Please. You're going to get to get on that Record of the Month Club. Go get it. Go do it. Vinyl Me Please. Joinvmp.com forward slash control. Back to the show. Guys, this next comic. Next comic coming to the stage. Uh, oldest face in the book. Uh, he's been around here for so ancient. Like, you look and you're just like, this is the last five years of your life, isn't it? He's here for you right now. Give a warm welcome for the very funny Hunter Donaldson. It looks like I look like uh, the guy before, but before anything happened to him. That's <laughs> why. Just fresh and everything's. I'm so excited. <laughs> so excited to be here. So fre- fresh. You can, uh, hey, uh, before uh, we get too serious, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Han Bunsun. You can follow me um, on uh, Ham Radio. You can follow me on Ham Radio. I'm on. GoDaddy, I'm on LinkedIn. You can follow me. Um, you can follow me to the uh, bus stop after the show, and uh, you can follow me onto the bus, uh, and then you can uh, follow me home, and you can watch me get on GoDaddy on my computer. You can do that, too. You can do that, too. You can do that, too. You can watch me on my Twitter. You can go to my house and see my computer with the Twitter on it and watch it that way. I'm just saying everybody's like, oh, i got to follow you from my house, but why don't you come over to my place and see what my thoughts, my status is on my computer. It looks better. All right, so you've got a lot of followers, I think. So there we go. I'm good. I'm done. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, he's really going. <laughs> he's like, yep, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home and follow him right now. I got to go. <laughs> got an opportunity to follow somebody, so you, I just got to take it. You know, I can't stay here and... Don't want to listen to him anymore, but I do want to see what's on his Twitter right now. I need to see that. I need to see that now. And my phone's dead. Gotta go. All right. I uh, let me tell you something real about me. Let me tell you. Let me, I'll open the curtain a little and connect with you. Um, a lot of people don't know this about me, uh, but I am actually a uh, soft, sensual, deviant, slow. Fast sex master. Not a lot of people know. I got a lot of really good moves, you know? Like, uh, you know? That one? I got that. It's good. And uh, I got a lot of really good sex phrases, like, yeah. And, uh, burgerk. That's one. I do that one. Yeah, that guy, he's digging it. He's picking up what I'm putting down. I got, here's another good one. I'll be like, uh, hey, are you still into this? Um, because not really getting a lot of eye contact right now, and I need a lot of eye contact, and I, I don't feel, I don't feel safe with you. Um, that's a good one. You guys gotta use that one. Use that one. I, 
The thing is, guys, I have I've been I've tried every sexual orientation, gay, straight, cis, um, racist, uh, cat person, dog person, horse girl, and I even do ghost stuff. A lot of people don't know what ghost stuff is. Uh, Ghost stuff is just like where you go to a haunted house by yourself and you sit in the dark and if you get turned on. (laughs) How else would you explain that? (laughs) Seems to be a cloud of horniness in here with us. Making everything all horny. This is a good time to say uh, that I just uh, got checked for STDs. Um, Okay, normally gets a standing ovation and they carry me out. Yeah, there we go, thank you, thank you very much. Um, I like uh, like to tell, every time I'm on stage, I like to tell every audience, you know, you should all get checked. You know, and sometimes I like to make it more specific, like, you know. fucking do it man can't just have her do it okay that's not you everyone has to do it everyone has to do it but I was getting checked for STDs and the nurse was like Hunter it's really straightforward we're gonna do a urine test and we're gonna do a blood test and I'm like that's perfect because I piss blood she was like we don't even need to do the test And I was like, I feel like you're flirting with me right now, baby. (laughs) We're married. She's my wife now. That's my wife. Mrs. Nurse Lady. That's how we met. It's a very touching story. I, uh... People have been telling me I need to do, like, crowd work stuff. That's what I've been saying. I gotta do... That's what's hot right now. Everybody's gotta do crowd worky stuff. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's just, like, stand-up where you talk to somebody. And, you know, I don't... You know, I don't really want to do it, but that's, they just keep saying that that's what everybody does. Um, so, sir, um, do you know, like, any crowd work stuff I could do, maybe? Like, do you any, have any ideas? I just, you know, like, you're the crowd, so I feel like you should do the work. I'm doing, oh, thank you. <laughs> he says I'm doing a great job, so I'm done. That's it, right? I can quit doing the crowd work. I don't want to do it. Uh, somebody told me that actually it's very very simple um you just make fun of people you know you just that's it that's all you got to do and uh, i'm actually a really nice guy i don't know if you can tell (laughs) uh i'm really nice guy i don't want to be mean to everybody but that's what they said to do so you know it's really awkward but i'm gonna try and be mean to you all very quickly um just nail you all uh let's do you first um sir what's your name what do you do for a living? I'm a student. You're a student. Okay, that's not, you know, doing anything. Um, okay, okay. Pass, pass. We'll do a different one. We'll do a different one. We'll do it. Uh, it looks like you might have a job. Uh, what's your name, sir? Chris, what do you do for a living? I grew a weed. Okay, fuck. Okay. Does anybody have any jobs in here? Does anybody, 
I need like a person with a job. It's just so hard. I just don't want to. I don't want to have to do this. But they say this is what you gotta do. You gotta have a job. Let's see. Oh, what's what's your name? Daniel. Daniel. That's my real name. Okay. Oh, we don't have time. Um, what, what what do you do for a living? I fix computers. Okay, you fix computers. You should do that. You should do that in my asshole. Okay, so I just roasted Daniel. He's roasted. He fix computers in my asshole. That's why he's new. New job. New job. He fixes computers in my. There's only one, but he's in there. But he fixes it. So it's. Really, I don't know if you noticed, but it's really easy to do dudes. You know, it's like really easy. It just feels like low stakes. You know, nobody's upset. But I. You know, I should be more egalitarian in my. You know, crowd roasting. So I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a lady. I'm gonna do one lady, and then I'll leave. Okay. Let's, uh, let's do you, because you're giving me a vibe like you don't want me to talk to you at all. And that seems like... Just seems like the right vibe. Um, what's your name? Lauren. Lauren. That's my sister's name. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, Lauren, what do you, what do, you do for a living? I'm um, a real estate agent. You're a real estate agent. Thank you for coming. Um, thank you so much. It's uh, very, it's that's important. We really need real estate agents, and thank you for supporting live comedy. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm gonna do the same punchline, right? What do you do? You should do to my asshole. You should be a student of my asshole. You missed this opportunity to talk about teaching people the ways of the butthole. Which honestly could be a degree at PSU if you think about it. Everyone's minoring in it, really. <laughs> if you're not, you're not living right. <laughs> Grow up. Uh, that was too much. I just ruined a friend's joke. I'm so sorry. You guys, the next comic. Comic to the city. We have two more comics on this bill. Are you in this to win this? Yeah! We're having so much fun, and uh, the next two comics, so delighted that they're here. The show has been so great, and I'm so thankful thus far, and will continue to be again. Shut up, Joanne. Why are you talking? <laughs> this next comic coming to the stage, I one of one of I would consider you one of my closest comedy friends, dude. A really solid human being, so very fucking funny, uh, crushing it so hard in town that he's actually moving to LA and this is one of the last times that he'll be on this stage on Control Yourself as a Portland resident and he's such a friend of the show. You guys, give the warmest welcome for the very funny Jacob Christopher! <laughs> That was a very heartfelt, sincere intro. God damn it. Don't worry. I will be back as a Portland resident in about six months when I fail horribly in L.A. Y'all expect that. I am. Yeah, I consider her one of my closest friends, too. Uh, most of y'all have seen me chilling in that area between the curtain and the door. 
Probably thinking, does that qualify as creepy? I've had a few people tell me I'm creeping. I'm just comfortable over there. I can hear the show. It's too many people here. And I'm not comfortable when there's a lot of people. It's weird. Because that's kind of what I do. But it's just fucking... I have a mic in my hand and I'm confident. This is fine. I cannot be funny on this stage in front of all of y'all and I'm okay. It's all the microphone. That's my confidence. All right? I get off stage. I won't make eye contact with anybody. All right? (laughs) I live in a bubble of fear riddled with anxiety. Like, that's my real life and that's good. All right? I embrace my anxiety because it keeps me grounded. All right? It keeps me from getting confident. All right? I don't fucking need confidence, ladies and gentlemen. No one needs... We are oversaturated with confidence on this planet, and that's the reason for every shitty thing that's ever happened. Confidence is the reason for juggalos. It's the reason for the Holocaust. It's the reason for tribal tattoos. All right? Every shitty decision started because somebody got confident. Well, fuck that. All right? I will stay scared and without tattoos. All right? They need... Like, people, you know, I got a lot of friends taking anxiety medicine, you know, to give them, like, anti-anxiety medicine, which is great. They need regular anxiety medicine to start distributing to all the confident assholes walking around with their fucking fedoras and their hashtag, not all men. Like, here, take this pill and don't go outside. Be afraid like the rest of us. I don't know what the point of this is. That's what I need. By the way, the not all hashtag not all men is not interchangeable with hashtag me too. I found that out when I fucked that joke up the other night. In front of like 300, there was a lot of people and there was definitely like a 30 second pause where people were like, what does that guy have against like people claiming sexual harassment? I'm like, oh, nothing. I'm just high and I'm fucking up. <laughs> there's my apology. <laughs> no one that was here. All right, fair enough. But I did try. All right. I, uh, you know, I got ideas how to change the world, all right? We can make it a funnier place, you know, bigotry. We all hate bigotry, right? So here's something, all right? It might not be funny, but I think, like all gay people, I love y'all, but you got to get rid of the rainbow flag, all right? I think y'all should just dump the rainbow flag and take the Confederate flag instead as the new symbol for gay pride, because no one can stop you. And once you do that, like you see all those proud patriots in the South ripping that off the side of their trucks and like you've destroyed it. Like, that's cultural appropriation for the better. All right? I should have opened up with this, right? Yeah, damn. Fuck. Whatever. Politics, I know where... Everybody loves that. Portland, I'm sure everybody here wishes Hillary was the president, but that ain't happening, all right? But I can give you all guaranteed... All you Dem- I'm sure everybody here is probably Democrat, but I can guarantee results. Next election, you can have any president you want. All 50 states blue, all right? Guaranteed, 100- this ain't even a joke. This is 100% true. One step, move. That's all you have to do, all right? Because there's more of you than them. If you took 5,000 liberal activists out of Portland and moved to Wyoming and registered as Democrat, that would be a blue state just out of population. Like that's a real, I've done the math on this. I don't even know what a liberal Democrat in Portland is. What does that mean? You just go around talking to people that already agree with you? You know, bravo. Now please stop patting yourself on the back and do something that matters. All right? You could take five million of them out of L.A. and move to Arkansas and Alabama and all that shit. Just blue, blue, blue. You've won. You could have a real impact on the fucking future of this country and the world, but no one will do it. All right? No one's going to fucking do it because it would be a minor inconvenience. 
that's about what it amounts to, and that's as far as anyone's willing to go for their belief system, bullshit ethics. They'll cry on Facebook. This is more anger than funny right now. I'm getting that vibe from myself. But it's, the, it, the message is sound, like it's real. You can move and make a change, but no one cares enough. It'll, whatever, all right, we'll do different. I, like how shitty would it be if you were a vampire and you hated techno music? Think about that. All right, because every vampire movie I've ever seen, they hang out at like techno clubs, right? But what if you like jazz? Where's that country vampire? Where's his scene? I don't have any more. It's just a premise right now, but it's a good premise. It's a great premise for a joke. I got a white noise machine to help me sleep, all right? I've been having trouble sleeping. Got a white noise machine. And every time I turn it on, it just keeps repeating the phrase, I cut my hands making avocado toast over and over again. White noise, white people noise, all right? I gotta, that's funny. That's funny. If I'm saying that out loud in my set, then I know that's true. All right. I was such a, such a bad student in high school. I got like, I graduated with a 1.3 GPA. And uh, like I barely passed in like 9th, 10th, 11th grade. Like I had D's and F's. But then summer going into a senior year, I had this great idea. Like I'm gonna really try and get straight A's in my senior year, all right? And when I do that, you know, my GPA will still suck. But I can apply to any college and guarantee I can just get in, I can just tell them I found God. <laughs> like what college? Like I found Christ, look at my grades, it checks out. Don't accept me, I'll fucking sue. Like, I, I didn't follow through with this. So if you have like a shitty kid or you're doing bad in school, just that final year, if you really, I feel like, all right, that's not a done thing. I feel like it's a good idea though. Like you could do that. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, God damn it. I, uh, you know, racism sucks, obviously in America especially, because, you know, I'm from Virginia. I got people I grew up with who all have fucking swastika tattoos and shit. And all of them also have Monster Energy logo tattoos. I don't know what the connection is, but there's something there. All right? Deep. And I hate it. I don't like, you know, I don't like bigotry at all, but racism in America is so fucking caveman, just barbaric, two or three syllables. Fuck this. I hate that. Just simple idiot. I mean, not that it can be much better, but point of my story is I got my, one of my best friends from Sweden named Carl and I work with him and he's black he's 25 years old and he's from Oslo and he was telling me we were talking about racism he told me this story where he was in Oslo with all his friends at a bar drinking and they're all white and he's the only black dude at the table and they're having fun some drunk white dude came up to the table and was like everybody raise your glass tonight we're toasting Sweden I don't know if that's an accurate you know sound of them but whatever tonight we're toasting Sweden everybody raised their glass including Carl and the dude looked at Carl and said, but not you. Carl got very upset. You know, what the fuck do you mean not me? I'm from this guy. I was born in Sweden. What the hell does that mean? And the dude looked at Carl and he said, a rat born in a stable is not a horse. That is some poetically whimsical fucking racism. Like, I'm not here advocating it at all. I want to make that clear. But, God, that's like a hallmark moment of bigotry. Like, that's... Crazy how awesome that is. Like, you know, I'm not, again, not saying it's good, but, you know, in America, you see that asshole, God hates fags, Bill, you know, sign. You can fuck him, walk right by. 
you know, you see a guy waving, oh, a rat born in the stable's not a horse. You're going to pause for a moment, and you're like, what else you got to say? Uh, where's this going? <laughs> just want to advocate. I'm not being pro-racism right now. They're just doing it better. I feel like Hitler. Doing that joke makes me feel like Hitler. Like, they're like just a man with a dream on stage right now trying to start a revolution. I don't know if that's how it started, but neither does anyone else. We have not learned from history. <laughs> Is it just me or does Limp Biscuit fucking rock? Am I wrong? <laughs> I was listening to Limp Biscuit. came on the radio. It was that, uh, you know, fucking, I just want to break stuff. I was like, fuck yeah, this is all, okay. I don't, again, that's not a joke. I just wrote down Limp Biscuit rocks and I wanted to point that out. They might actually be pretty good. <laughs> like weed being legal, but I feel bad for all my friends with pot leaf tattoos. You know, I got a lot of friends with like marijuana 420 tattoos. And I feel bad for the friends that live out wherever it's become legal because now those tattoos are basically the equivalent to like a Coors Light tattoo. <laughs> right? It's no longer cool and rebellious. It's very much, it's like having a sleeve made up of DMV paperwork going down your arm or some shit. It's not <laughs> that rebellious, some sort of tribal W2s. All right, I'll leave you with this. I, I tried to kill myself years ago. I'll leave you with a suicide story. It's funny though, I didn't work, so I mean, be cool. But, so I used to really hate myself, negative Nancy, and I would fantasize about dying in my car. That's my dream, I would die in my car. Yeah, shh, all right, everybody, this is very important. So I wanna die in my, thank you. I wanna die in my car, all right? I wanna go in my car, get as fast as it can go, and just wait, as soon as I see a cop try to pull me over, when I see those lights, I'm just gonna swerve off the road and kill myself. And that was something I thought about for years, and then, one night at the peak of my just hot topic despair, I went through with this plan and I got in my car to kill myself. And you know, I was just like, fuck you world, I hate everyone. And I hit the freeway I-5 towards Salem and just floored it with no seatbelt on crying, listening to fucking Limp Biscuit on the radio probably. <laughs> fucking just, I hate everything. Fucking fast as I could. Anyway, I didn't pass a single cop that entire trip to Salem that night, all right? I made it from Portland to Salem in 18 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right. And then when I got there, I had this big epiphany, you know, life's worth living, and I cried. And then I went to Taco Bell and just drove back to Portland. And that was it. That's the end of that story, so. Don't really have a moral point, but. You know, if, you feel, if you feel desperate or sad, just fucking live moss, all right? That's all I can tell y'all. All right, thank y'all very much, everybody. shows. Have you ever been to the Dirty Dozen at Helium Comedy Club? Yeah, so very funny. And then also uh, Roast Battle. He's the head honcho at that show. And uh, we're in January roasting him. So go to Helium Comedy Club website, check that out, and <laughs> there's so many jokes to make about Christopher. <laughs> you all need to be there for this. Alberta Street Pub, are you ready for your final comic on this rock block? Yeah! Hell yeah! I, this dude, you know him, you love him. When I asked him for credits, he said, I have nothing left. I thought
thought that was going to be a standing ovation. I thought you'd all be like, neither do we! Uh, you guys have been such an amazing crowd. We're going to, we can't wait for this next comic to come close out the show. Ladies and gentlemen, give a round of applause for the very, very, very funny, my dear friend, Curtis Cook. Hey, give it up for Joanne one more time, everybody. Let her hear you. And a round of applause for all the comics you've seen tonight. This has been a fun show. I'm, I'm having a hard time today. <laughs> I, I got drunk last night, uh, and I threw up in an Uber. <laughs> Which is just like the worst thing you can, like, cause I've thrown up in a cab before, and you just look at the driver like, you knew what this was. <laughs> when you throw up in an Uber, you're like, oh, you probably didn't finish paying this off yet. <laughs> like, this is a bomb. I'ma give you five stars. <laughs> it fucked up my ratings so bad. I went from 4.9 to 3. <laughs> it's all right. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad to be out of town. Like, I'm visiting right now, and I'm happy to be out of town because my girlfriend's parents are visiting us. They're staying with us right now. And my girl and I have been together for five years, but I just met her parents for the first time. They came over to our apartment, and I learned that my girlfriend's father is five feet two inches tall. And I'm six foot seven, which means that I am in charge. <laughs> And he was doing that thing shorter dudes do where they try to intimidate you for no reason to prove their machismo. He was like, hey buddy, when I was your age, I had a real job and I could provide for the people I cared about. I wasn't fucking around with little comedy dreams. And I got mad, so I was like, you look here, if I put your daughter on top of a refrigerator, you will never see her again. <laughs> and I was just mad because he had a good point. <laughs> We moved to LA, I've been telling people I moved to Los Angeles because I'm ready to get serious about my comedy career, but really it's because my girl got into grad school down there and I can't pay rent without her. <laughs> and in order for us to live together on campus, we had to register as a legal couple, but I'm not ready for marriage yet, so we set on a joint checking account and we were in the bank filling out the paperwork and it was a weird experience because I was super depressed as a teenager and I tried to check out early a couple times so now I'm just surprised that being an adult has to deal with boring adult shit so we're sitting there doing the paperwork and the bank teller turns to us he's like hey this is a very adult responsible decision for two kids your age to be making and without really thinking I was like yo man I did not even expect to still be alive at this point and without missing a beat he says well when you bank with Chase we expect the unexpected <laughs> And then I gave him all of my money, which was $35. But money's tight right now, so I was so excited when my girl got into grad school. I was like, this is perfect. You'll get a good education, get a good job. I'm gonna marry you for the health insurance benefits, be set for life. And then she decided to major in visual and conceptual art. So we gonna be broke forever. <laughs> and if you don't know what visual and conceptual art is, fucking me neither. I have no... All I know is that she saved every Kleenex she ever cried into for a year and she stitched them together using dental floss and it looks like a quilt and she hung it on a wall and she calls it her insecurity blanket. And she sold that shit for a thousand dollars. And she came home and she was so proud of herself to have accomplished her dream of being a sold artist but also sad she just had to part with the piece she spent a year working on so when she walked through the door she just fell into my arms and started crying on my shoulder and I didn't know how to comfort her. So I just handed her a tissue and was like, well you can always make another one. <laughs> like, 
But she's trying to teach me about it. Like recently she took me to a photography, photography exhibit. And I don't know if you all know this, but a photography exhibit is just a room full of photos. And I was like, why the fuck did we pay to be here when Instagram is free? It's just a waste. But it made me realize like my relationship with cameras and shit, cause my parents grew up broke and there's no existing pictures of them as kids. And they didn't want me to live that life. So when I turned 16, they saved up all their money and they bought me my own digital camera so I could go out into the world and record my memories. But when I was 16, that was also the year that I lost my virginity to another 16 year old girl. And we were trying to be sexy like the rappers in the music video at the time. So we decided to film ourselves taking each other's virginity on my parents' digital camera. <laughs> And then we uploaded it to their computer and then we moved it to a hard drive and a thumb drive and I totally forgot about it until two weeks ago where I found it on my computer. And I do not know the legality of owning child porn of yourself. <laughs> Cause like there's a weird gray area with naked kids sometimes, you know? Like my friend is a young father, the other day he pulled out his cell phone, he's like, here's a video of my son naked inside of a bathtub. And I was like, that's fucked up, bro. Don't you ever put me in this position again. And he was like, no, nah, man, this is a normal thing. You know, my videos have, my parents have a home video of me as a naked kid inside of a bathtub. And I was like, oh, word. And then I pulled out my laptop and I was like, well, here's a video of me as a naked kid. <laughs> but instead of a bathtub, I'm inside another naked kid. <laughs> and I wanted to find out if it was illegal, but I didn't want to type child porn laws into Google and end up on a list somewhere. So I just typed in child porn with a question mark. like like a timid Humbert Humbert. <laughs> and it turns out it's super illegal. <laughs> so I deleted the video, but I watched it one time before I got rid of it just because... <sighs> I don't have to defend myself to you people. <laughs> it's my childhood sex tape. I watch it if I want to. <laughs> and there's nothing erotic about it. It's just me and her underneath my Lion King comforter set in my parents' house. <laughs> And we're completely silent for eight minutes until she says, are you done yet? And I say, oh, I've been done for a while. <laughs> I want to tell this next, I should say before I do this next joke that I'm a black person, but I'm the kind of black person that has to announce it to the audience before I tell a race joke. Otherwise, everybody's like, yo, this Indian kid is super racist. <laughs> Like, I'm aware I look like the Taliban's jazz instructor. <laughs> but I just got, and I, cause like I was thinking about it, cause like I was, when I was in middle school, I grew up in Ohio and we would take a field trip every year to a place called Hale's Farm. And it was like a Renaissance fair, but instead of medieval times, they just pretended they were pre-Civil War era Ohio. And it was a very exciting experience for all the white kids and a very awkward one for me. Because every year we would gather around in a circle and ask one of the actors what we would have been in that time period. And one of the white boys was like, what would I be? And the actor was like, you would be a brave little soldier. And the little white girl was like, what would I be? And the actor was like, you would be a milkmaid. And then I raised my hand and was like, what would I be? And he looked at me and said, that depends, kid. Are you fast? <laughs> And I was like, yeah, I'm super fast. He was like, well, then you would be Canadian. <laughs> like, but I was real dumb at that age, so I spent the next decade thinking that there was nobody faster than a black Canadian. <laughs> it's like, those motherfuckers, people would watch the Olympics, they'd be like, an African won the race again. You mean like African Canadian? This and then the next year we went back for a different part of the field trip. We did something called Introduction to the Slave Experience, which is where you pay Hales Farm $10 and they treat you like a slave. But there's a lot of legality about how much of a slave you're allowed to treat middle school kids as. So it ended up being we gave Hales Farm $10 to pick cotton as an adult was slightly rude to us. <laughs> 
so we would be picking the cotton and he would just be like, you're short for your age. And I was like, yeah, I guess that's what slavery's like. <laughs> so for the next decade, I was just like, I don't know why there's so many chapters in this history book about, it wasn't that bad. That was like the most upset I've ever seen my grandma. She was talking about how bad slavery was at Thanksgiving and I was like, come on grandma, it's not that hard. <laughs> So tricky, like, I just got a new job and I love, I got a job at a bank because I lied on my resume and said I went to college for math and I was like, they're not gonna double check. And they didn't, so I'm gonna have that job for like another week, probably. <laughs> but when I got the job, I went into the interview and I used my white people voice and now I'm terrified of ever talking like my normal self in the office, because I think of, and like when I say white people voice, I don't mean like comedy white people voice where you say cheese in a high octave or something, like, I mean like, regular white people voice where you add extra syllable to everything so people know you went to college like where what you want to say is nigga do we got a problem but what you end up saying is perhaps we should reserve the conference room to further discuss our issues <laughs> and the worst part of it is is there's one other black guy I work with and I can tell when we talk to each other we are not using our real voices <laughs> And he's older than me, so I expect him to fix it, but I don't know how much older than me he is because he's black, so. <laughs> From context cues, it's somewhere between 38 and 102. <laughs> and every day on my way into work, I'm like, today's the day I use the N-word with Trevor, just so I know our friendship is real, and every time I go to, I go to do it, he looks at me like, don't you ruin this for me, son. <laughs> this, is, this is a good job. But I've been doing this thing recently where I only get drunk on uh, Wednesdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and every other Monday, I'm trying to clean up my act. So I, I rolled up to work hungover on Thursday, and as I'm walking to my desk, Trevor pulled me aside, and he was like, nigga, you fucking up. And I was like, we made it. <laughs> my alcoholism unites another community. <laughs> I'm tr and it's been tr like I want to talk to my girlfriend about all this stuff, right? But it's hard. It's tricky because like my my parents are in a mixed race marriage. Like my father is black and my mother is white, and I took for granted how hard they must have had it coming up in their day. But like, cause now I'm in a very specific kind of mixed race relationship, and it's a struggle. Like I'm half black and half white, and my girlfriend is also half black and half white. But I'm the normal kind with a black dad and a white mom, <laughs> and she's the fucking weird kind. <laughs> You're the only white person who's ever laughed at that show. <laughs> Every time I say it, people are like, fuck you, we're not getting involved. <laughs> but just as a rule of thumb, if you've got a white father, you're garbage. <laughs> Especially if you're the white father of a mixed race child, that means you went into the black community and you stole a black woman and black women are precious and beautiful. All right, but if you're a white mom, that means you gave a nigga a chance. <laughs> <It's beautiful. laughs> We just recently, my girl and I just like hadn't had chance to have sex for a while because she was we, she was just bit like she was busy focusing on her career, and I was pretty available. But like, <laughs> what are you gonna do? You know, sometimes being in love means silently masturbating in the bathroom. <laughs> but we finally had a Friday night off together, and I was like, this is gonna be perfect. Like, we're gonna drink some wine, we're gonna watch a movie. It's gonna be a great night. And I was like, you know what, baby? I, why don't you go ahead and pick? the movie we watch. And she picked a Netflix documentary about the civil rights movement, which is like a bummer because nobody's getting fucked after that. <laughs> like, 
But it gave me so much more respect for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., man, because the documentary told me that he was cheating on his wife the whole time, and that's terrible. But you know what kind of stamina you have to have as a man to march across states and go home to a segregated motel to wipe the sweat from your brow and a tear from your eye and still pick up the phone and be like, yo, Maybelline, you trying to smash? <laughs> And, cause like, and then the documentary told me that the reason Coretta found out, sorry, uh, sorry. No, you good. Oh, are you sure? Yes, all right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> sorry, I don't, peel back the curtain. You guys might not know this, but when you see a cell phone, it means get off the stage. <laughs> so the next time you're at a comedy show and you're not having a good time, just take out your cell phone <laughs> and you'll confuse who's ever up. <laughs> Well, like, and the documentary showed the reason Coretta found out was the FBI was recording his affairs and they sent her a tape of Martin Luther King having sex with another woman and she had to listen to it. And I realized, and she confronted him about it and he kept cheating on her. And that's crazy because it's Dr. Martin Luther King. You expect him to be like, I, I thought that he would have been like, Coretta, I'm sorry, I'm new to the fame and money. This will never happen again. But instead, I think he was like, woman, do you know who the fuck I am? <laughs> People get a Monday off in February because of me. I'll fuck who I want. And I think that's the rule. If you get a day off because of somebody, you pretty much have to fuck them. <laughs> the only exception is Columbus. You can say no to him, but he's not gonna listen. <laughs> and then we're watching the documentary and the second half is about militant black protesters and they bring up uh, Huey Newton, the leader of the Black Panthers organization. When the CIA tried to arrest him, they rolled up to the house he thought he was staying in and this 15-year-old kid came out with something in his hands. Without a second thought, the police riddled his body full of bullet holes. And when the smoke cleared, it turns out this 15-year-old kid was a genius college student holding nothing in his hands but a law book and explaining to the police all the reasons they had no legal right to be there. And it was a real watershed moment for the civil rights movement because it taught white people that not just regular black people were dying, but educated black people. And that pissed me off because a kid's a kid no matter what level of education they have. And it also made me realize that all these years later, there's still nothing I can do if an officer decides to claim my life. But what I can do is make sure that if I do get shot by a cop, I get shot with a really good book on my person. <laughs> so I started brainstorming books that white people like a lot. And at first I was like, yo, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, hands down. But then I was like, that's not gonna work. They're gonna think I'm a giant autistic baby. Like, I may as well be reading of mice and men and petting rabbits when they gun me down. <laughs> So I made a deal with myself. I'm like, I'm gonna roll up to the Goodwill by my house and I'm buy the fanciest book they got. But the fanciest book at that particular Goodwill was a hardback copy of the Quran, and that's two steps backwards safety-wise. And the second fanciest book was a paperback copy of Mein Kampf. And I was like, yo, who the fuck is donating to this Goodwill? And I'd never seen Mein Kampf in person before, so I picked it up and was flipping through the pages. All these different passages were circled and underlined, and I was like, nah, this isn't gonna work. I wipe my fingerprints off and put it back. <laughs> so I bought a copy of To Kill a Mockingbird because that's a classic American book with clear racial themes, but I fucked up because I forgot that white people think the moral of To Kill a Mockingbird is that racism is wrong, and black people think that the moral of To Kill a Mockingbird is that you should never talk to a white woman in public. <laughs> so I keep it in my glove compartment at all times. The other day I got pulled over for doing 50 and a 45, which is a bummer because it's illegal, but like, I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> <You don't... laughs> He asked for my license registration, and I do the thing where you put both hands firmly on the steer steering wheel and you say, okay, sir, I'm gonna reach into my glove compartment and give you my information now, because you don't want to scare him by doing what he told you to do. So, so I give him my info, I also take my copy of To Kill a Mockingbird, and I put it on my lap, and he looks at me and he says, young man, what is that book for? And I say, oh, this is so that if you kill me, you look like a real asshole. 
And without batting an eye, he took a step back, put his hand on his gun and said, kid, if I kill you, I'll just take the book. I was like, oh shit. He was like, yeah, kid, we both have Netflix. <laughs> I'm terribly sorry. Can I do one more thing? I, I've been trying, like my girl's like a good person. She's a better person than me and I'm trying to be like a better person. And I was seeing all this Weinstein shit in the Me Too and I was just online on social media and all these women were like, we need men to be there for us. We need men to stand up to other men. We need men to be willing to look people in the eyes and say that you need to treat women better. And I want to be that guy, but I'm terrified of standing up to men because we kill each other like a lot. <laughs> And I'm just an anxious person. Like the most I can do is someone will say something sexist and I'll work up all my courage and say, hey, come on, man. <laughs> and eight out of 10 times, that's enough. Like I was grabbing a beer with a new guy friend. We were just hanging out, shooting the shit, drinking. And all of a sudden these like, this group of women came in dressed up like a Saturday night and he stops the conversation and out of nowhere says, man, look at these skanks. I bet it wouldn't be too hard to fuck one of them. So I reached deep inside myself and I was like, Come on, man. And he was like, no, you're right. They just people. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and like, I've been trying to be better about it. Like the other day, I went to a mall food court because I was really craving some Sabaro pizza and that's the only place you can get it. And I, I sat down with my slice of cheese pizza and I turned to my side and there was a woman eating cheese pizza while she breastfed her baby boy. And I thought that was so crazy, man, because I don't know if y'all know this, but human women are the only creatures on earth that can turn cheese back into milk. <laughs> so, this is fucking size. So I'm watching it. I mean, I'm not watching it. I see it. <laughs> I see it. I go back to my pizza and this old dude shuffles over to her and she says, excuse me, miss, you can't be doing that here. It's disgusting. So I reach deep inside myself and go, come on, man. She's not bothering anybody. And he's like, it's bothering me. It's disgusting. The baby cannot be eaten here. And I was like, yo, dude, this is the food court. <laughs> like, this is the designated eating location for everybody. And you could breastfeed your baby anywhere in the mall and I would be fine with it, unless it was a Spencer's Gifts. And then I'm calling Child Protective Services right away. Be like, yo, come take this juggalo bastard away from this woman. All right, hey, give it up for Joanne. Thank you guys for being here and have a good night. Curtis Cook, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God. Human women, cheese back into milk, milk into cheese. I when he said that joke, I was like, I have to have a baby <laughs> right now. Not a good way to end the show. Round of applause for all the comics that you saw this evening. All of them, thank you so much.